This is how we overcome the movement now. Keep it down. Reaching to the world with arms open, arms open, yeah. This is how we well, welcome back to Crazy Faith Talk. I'm Sarah. I'm Steve. And I'm Erica. And uh, we have been taking a look in the last couple of weeks at different resources uh, for different different parts of, of our faith and life that are aimed at uh, connecting with children. So we've looked at things like uh, children's resources for exploring baptism and communion in the Bible. We've looked at um, DVDs. We've looked at books uh, to address things like grief. Um, and Erica, you get to highlight some resources for us today. Where do you want to take us today? So just like Sarah, I have a couple of different resources and I'm going to start with one actually that Steve, you recommended to me um, oh, probably about six months ago, maybe earlier this year, something like that. It's called Jesus and the Word uh, by Mark Francisco Bostini Jones. <laughs> I'm terrible. Yeah, Mark Francisco Bostini Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's illustrated by Shelley Hedenberg. Um, it is basically a story. It kind of it's based off of the uh, the prologue of the Gospel of John, uh, where you know it talks about Jesus being in the Word, and it's this beautifully brightly colored illustrated book that helps kids to try to understand that prologue. Because that you know even as adults we have sometimes a hard time struggling and understanding exactly what John means when he says you know the Word became flesh and lived among us and the word was with God and the word was God and, and all those things. And so this book basically talks about who Jesus is as the word of God and what Jesus does throughout his ministry, healing people and, and speaking and teaching and preaching how he came into the world and how he eventually was killed on a, on a cross and came back um, and lives eternally with God. Um, I love it because it's, it's beautifully done. It's beautifully illustrated and it's simple, like, but not simplistic. I think, you know, it, it, I have not been able to actually use this resource, but um, I look forward to the next time I'm, I'm in that passage or talking about, you know, John one sharing this with my kids because in my church, I've got kids currently that range from about third grade down to about kindergarten and I think this is a, in a book that would fit their age range well to be able to read it to them and show them the pictures and they uh, would have a better understanding of who Jesus is so uh, it's a really like I said beautiful well done resource that I look forward to using um, you know in this church or maybe in, in a church in the future I don't know when um, but I hope that my kids will enjoy it as much as I have when I've looked through it and read through it at different times. I that is one of my favorite go-to books as a Christmas day sermon. Mm. Just uh cuz uh we um you know the Lutheran church we usually follow the revised common lectionary and John's prologue John chapter 1 verses 1 through 18 or whatever whatever it is that is the assigned text for every Christmas day. And as most of you who are professional church people or just go to church a lot, 
as you can imagine, Christmas Eve is like the big day, right? Like that's when most people come. And then if you have a Christmas day service, it's usually way less attended. So like usually do all of your energy, all of your stuff Christmas Eve. And then Christmas day is a little bit of a, all right, that's done. So like, I know I don't usually have a second sermon in me at that point. So that's my go-to Christmas day sermon is I just pull it out. I hold it like you do in elementary library time so that people can see it and uh, you read it as best you can. And that is my sermon. The other thing I really like about this book, and this has been a favorite of mine for a, a number of years too, is the the way, I, and you kind of gave a nod toward this, Erica, that the opening of John's gospel uh, is, is poetry is the best word I can come up for. I mean, it, it feels a lot more like, like poetry or song um, than certainly other stories are. And to me, it feels like the, the best uh, of children's picture books and poetry have something in common in that they are okay being simple. And that means your, your word choice is important that you don't get to waste language, um, but the elegance and economy of language. And then that you let those simple words, and in this case, really, really beautiful illustrations, um, do a lot of the heavy lifting there. And that, to me, that also allows the the words to retain some of their their uh, sense of mystery rather than like explaining like like I I've seen some approaches uh, to try and explain you know the 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 persons of the Trinity or the divinity and and humanity of Jesus in such complicated diagrams or technical jargon that it feels like you're learning another language and you're not really sure why this matters but. The, the beauty of how John tells the story in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the, the beauty of a book like this, that in some places just gives us basically that kind of phrasing um, allows those ideas and images just to sort of like to, to, to simmer and to percolate without over explaining them the way a good poem does. I, I, that's something I really appreciate about this book is how it does in, in certain places, almost exactly quote scripture. Yep. Um, you know, and just lets, you know, the word speak for itself. And then the pictures just add to that. Yeah. Because um, I'm a, I'm not necessarily a visual learner in the, in the technical sense, but I do appreciate having pictures and things to go along with something to help kind of expand my understanding of it. And I know I have visual learners in my church. And so I think this is a great way to keep that, you know, the scripture, um, to put visual, visual, um, and pictures to the words of scripture to help people better understand it. Yeah. It, there yeah. are places too, where I think the text echoes the, the language of the Nicene Creed too, which for me, like, again, is, is a regular part of our worship life that I love the idea of getting kids familiar with those words that are an important part of our faith tradition um, and getting at why does this matter? I mean, otherwise those can just be, oh my goodness, this is the, the words I'm supposed to memorize in church. But the idea, oh, this is what this is about. Uh, it, th there's another piece that I really like about this book and I'm, I'm going to get the words wrong because I don't have a copy in front of me, but uh, I know someone who does have a copy in front of her right now. Um, but there's a recurring refrain. I'm thinking about how like both God and then Jesus in particular uh, sort of says to us, 
I won't let you be anything other than happy and good and free or loving and good and free, joyful and is something like that. But that mm-hmm. that recurring line that like throughout the whole story of the scriptures, there's this like that that's God's word to the ancient Israelites is I love you. And if I don't I don't want you to settle for less. So I won't let you be anything other than those things uh, and where we keep turning into something else. God keeps pulling us into something new. And those words keep coming back that I really like that in the in the book as well. Yeah, it says, I will set you free. I won't let you be anything but holy, good, and free. Yeah. That, that's, that's beautiful, beautiful words. And really just hits at the core of what the gospel is all about and scripture is all about. Again, you know, um, like we said with some of these other resources, um, you know, hitting the core of scripture and, and the gospel um, in a way that obviously children can understand, but when we reach kids, yeah. we'll reach adults too, because I swear sometimes that my adults listen more closely to the children's sermon than maybe they do to <laughs> the big person sermon later in the service. Right, right, right. All of this series that we've been looking at to me reminds me of um, a, a, a lesson. I don't I don't remember that there was a single voice that, that said this to me in explicit words, but it certainly seems like it's been borne out over the years that it's easy to do children's ministry poorly. And it's hard to do children's ministry well, at least with integrity about like what the heart of our faith is, because there's the there's so many temptations for shallowness. There's the shallowness of let's just have a cutesy moment with kids. And as long as, you know, there's something somebody says, something cute and we end with a prayer that counts like we just sort of check it off let's we had a children's moment or sometimes the shallowness is the shallow morality of the goal of the children's lesson is teach and be good um or that we just sort of like have a handful of repeated phrases that we teach the kids to mouth every week like i can remember growing up here doing children's sermons where every time it seemed like it ended with and what are we supposed to do and the kids would all like recite we're supposed to pray more invite a friend to church be good and like okay we said those three things now we're done but that really good children's resources don't settle for shallow or just cutesy for the sake of cutesy, but have that sense of how do we speak something that's genuinely good news uh, and that there's depth to it, even if it's simple. Yeah. I, I, that, that kind of reminds me of, um, you know, for, for children's sermons and the resources you do use in children's sermons. If it's a good children's sermon, you should, I think, have people come up to you and say that they got more out of the children's sermon than the sermon sermon. Yeah. And that's not saying that your sermon sermon might not have had some really good stuff in it too, but just rather that that children's time should also be meaningful and it should have depth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same with any sort of good children's media adults should be able to enjoy it too, like Pixar. Pixar is great at creating media that adults like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's for a good reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, like in the back of my mind then, as I look for resources in the future, they, I almost have this sort of unspoken Pixar kind of test without thinking you know, particular movies, but like that, like not just will the flashiness of this attract a kid, but is there depth here that, I am, I can, I can in good conscience feel like the lesson or that the idea that's communicated here has substance enough that both that I, I'm, I'm okay if kids get that out of this thing, but also that 
I'd be, I, I can in good conscience feel like, yeah, if the adults understood what this is about, that's, that's, it's, it's done its work too. Not just, is it, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of really, uh, exciting for kids you know animated cartoon movies out there but not all of them are ones that I care enough about to own and let my kids watch over and over and over again and like it's almost that same kind of test when I'm looking for uh, media for kids whether it's curriculum or, or children's books or things like that it's that is there the depth there so I have another resource as well and this again was something that was uh, actually given to me um, by the secretary of my current church, my former secretary. I think it came out of her granddaughter's um, books collection. It's called Old Turtle, the Texas by Douglas Wood, and Watercolors are by Cheng Ki Chi. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, again, beautiful illustrations. I love uh, the watercolors. It's not as vibrant as the first book. It's definitely more subdued. Um, but it's, it starts off with creation and how, you know, um, in, in the beginning, there was the animals and the rocks and the fish, the birds, the trees, all these things. And they can all speak to one another. And they start kind of getting into a bit of a, I don't want to say argument, um, but they, they, they start trying to compare and try to figure out what God is like. Um, and, you know, the the breeze said, um, he is a wind who is never still. The, the mountain says that God is a snowy peak high above the clouds. Every bit of creation has this idea of what God is like. Um, and they go on and on and on for pages with these beautiful drawings. And the, and the argument gets louder and louder and louder. And until finally, there's a page that just says, stop. And a new voice comes into the story, and it's the old turtle. And, you know, the turtle, turtles usually in children's books are very wise creatures. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're slow, they, they're methodical, they're thinking. And the turtle begins to speak, and he says that, yes, God is like this. And God is like the wind and like the antelope and like the lion and all these things. Um, but then he has one more thing to say. And he says that God's going to begin a new family on the earth. And then he starts talking about humans and how humans will come in all different colors and shapes and sizes and possess all kinds of different powers. And um, he says they will be strong yet tender, a message of love from God to the earth and a prayer from the earth back to God. And then the people come. Um, but then the people begin to argue too. Um, you know, they misuse their power. And then finally, again, a voice shouts to stop. And, you know, it speaks again about who God is um, and what God is like. And the people begin to listen. They begin to hear and they begin to see God in one another and in all the beauty of the earth. And then it ends with the old turtle smiling. And so did God. Um, I, lo I love this book because of just of all the ways it talks about God and who God is and the attributes of God. Um, but also like for the ecological side of it too, you know, that we don't have, a, I've not encountered a lot of children's books that talk about um, the earth and the creatures of the earth, especially when it comes to, to God and religion as something that is good and not just something to be used. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that everybody contributes to creation 
um, and has a part in creation. It's not, you know, well, I'm better because I'm stronger or I'm better because I'm smarter, but we all contribute together um, to creation. So it's a really neat book. I have not found a way quite to use this yet. Um, it's a little long to use, like to read for a children's moment, like uh, Jesus, the word. Yeah. But um, who knows, maybe in an adult sermon someday, <laughs> it will come about and maybe I'll, I'll read this to the adults <laughs> and see what they have to say about it. One of the things I think can be helpful about that, and I'm, I'm not necessarily giving an endorsement, please read this book for, for a grown up sermon, although you sure could, but like that there's this like ability of things that are presented as for children to get below our defenses or to get below mm -hmm. our, like that we, we, we have the ability to, okay, I'm going to listen to this children's story and you're not prepared for it to have as powerful a, a point as it might have. Or uh, that, so that, that can be, I, I wouldn't do it every Sunday because at some point people sort of like expect it uh, and they're ready with different defenses up, but it can be, it can be a powerful sort of a uh, way of like re helping reframe things that when we think we already have the answers, a children's book that sort of you know pulls the rug out from under us in that way can be good um and again it sounds like this this book in particular does some of that yeah you may have expectations but this point the point of the story is sort of to shake up some of those expectations and have a bigger picture in the end yeah i think the other thing i, I really like about resources like this um is that clearly this is written from the vantage point of uh, faith in the in the 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 reality of God and of God having made the universe good and and of having made humans as well, but um, th this story is able to communicate that with still the playfulness of it's not it doesn't pretend that this is a story out of Genesis right it's not like here's a it's like no this is and and to say this is faithful imagination so yeah this is not a recreation of Genesis one or two or something like that and it's not pretending that there's a talking turtle in Genesis one or two. Um, but it, it, it's a way of saying this is a true story, but it's not pretending that it's a factual story. And I think like sometimes, honestly, like sometimes I think Christians have a hard time wrapping their brains around that, that like, oh, this can be a true story, but this is not reporting a thing that happened. And yet, I mean, like Jesus does this all the time in all the stories he tells, you know, like a man, you know, is going down the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. That's not a thing that happened. He's inventing a story, but there's something important being communicated. And um, just just that ability to say part of how we think out the faith, part of how we how we worship God with our minds is that faithful imagination of, oh, could I put this in different ways or different terms? And that's not something to be afraid of. Sometimes I think church folk especially need the reminder that that's not only OK, sometimes it's really needed. And I don't know that this is necessarily like. I don't know. I haven't done research into the author or the illustrator for this to know if they are Christian. I mean, yes, it talks about God. Right. Um, Jesus isn't in there. Right. Um, but, you know, it's definitely, I, I think it's still something that, like you said, it's faithful to the creation story while not retelling the creation story. But I also think, like, if you're ever doing something ecumenical um, and interdenominate, not interdenominational, um, like interfaith interfaith yes thank you you know this might be um a good resource to be able to use because it just it speaks of god mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, whether you're jewish christian or muslim i mean we're you know this there book the, would work for all there are those commonalities sure sure can i um ask um 
are there are there ways that either of these uh, books that you shared with us today um, have affected your like personal working theology outside of children's moment kind of things? Like, and, and I, I get it. Sometimes we get books or resources just for, oh, good, this is going to be a good children's room when I talk about this. And then there's others that like become a part of our own personal walking living theology are are, are are these books ones that in in any particular way have shaped you apart from using them practically um i don't know how much like you know i'm more the practical person anyways uh-huh and kind of how i see them i think old turtle if i'd spend more time really kind of I know it doesn't make a lot of sense to say study at children's book. <laughs> no, it makes sense. But, you know, like, to not just read through it, just to, to read through it to see what it has to say, but actually, like, really take some time and, and meditate um, on the pictures and things, kind of like iconography. Yeah. You know, and studying them that way. Um, you know, it, it made me think, when I first came across it, it made me think a little bit differently about the environment and things and and that's something that I'm that's a growing area in my faith about how we treat the environment what we do to try to keep our environment continuing and, and to be well and stable and, and healthy and safe and to be there for our kids our children's children you know um, for generations to come because um, to be honest I kind of grew up not with a very blunt straightforward there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and so we don't have to take care of this one idea but it was kind of there in the background yeah sometimes that's like the unspoken <laughs> yeah yeah it was very much unspoken but it was kind of there yeah um and so a book like this kind of makes me realize you know, you know whether that's true or not we still need to take care of the environment that we're currently in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the so. the the notion that you described in that story too, about people arguing about or, or bringing different assumptions about what God is like. And the lesson at the end that like each, that maybe this is not an either, or maybe it's not one of these is right, but like each of these has something important to say that in in some ways brings our conversation around full circle to the, the book we didn't talk about in this series, but that kind of began our conversation. The most recent one by Rachel Held Evans before her death, it was a children's book about what God is like and understanding the idea that like, there's different ways to approach that question. Some people treat it like there's a right answer. And here's the one thing you can say about what God is like, but that doesn't seem like that really fits the way the, the scriptures actually approach God. But instead the scriptures actually say, well, there's lots of ways we talk about God and each one has something to say. Each of these metaphors is incomplete, but they are helpful. And that, that piece of growing in our faith that like, it's not that there's a one right answer I'm looking for, but that each of us brings something to talk about God. Um, that, that, can sometimes be a threatening and scary truth, but at some point, hopefully people come into the, oh, I don't have to be afraid of the idea that other people have things to say about God. I, instead of being threatened by them, maybe could listen and go, oh yeah, that's a, that's something I hadn't thought about before. That, that is helpful. That, that, that learning I think is, is one that especially adults need in their faith life sometimes. Thank you for sharing these resources, Erica. I had not heard of Old Turtle, so I was glad to hear about it today. Yeah, thanks. And thanks to all of you for listening in these recent weeks as we've taken a look at resources and media for children. And uh, we hope you'll join us next week for other adventures here on Crazy Faith Talk. See you. Bye.